Hello everyone and welcome to Socially Rewired, the weekly lifestyle podcast which talks about the joys and tragedies of growing up in the 21st century. I'm your host, Neil Fitzgerald, and we are back for season three, episode seven. Hi everyone, happy Sunday. How are we all? It's been a week um return back to school unfortunately I know quite a few of you listening would have gone back or be going back on Monday so I wish you all the best of luck and a smooth return and if you went back this week then thank god it's the weekend because god I only went back for two days but that I I was just exhausted and I wasn't used to getting up at 6 30 um I it had been two months at getting up at like 9 a.m at the earliest so it was an interesting one but we've made it to the weekend can't believe I'm recording this and it's like five o'clock and I don't know how we got here but we're here ready to record the podcast um I want to get straight into the book I read this week slash started last week um was the x talk which I've mentioned in a few episodes now that I was getting around to reading and I finally finished it it was sensational I really really enjoyed it I thought the plot was amazing I thought the characters were amazing and I thought I'd just like read the blurb just so then you can kind of get the gist because it's kind of hard for me to explain without giving the plot away but yeah so this is the x talk it's a novel by rachel lynn solomon and yeah okay so public radio co-hosts navigate mixed signals in this sparkling romantic comedy debut shay goldstein has been a producer at her seattle public radio station for nearly a decade and she can't imagine working anywhere else but lately it's been a constant clash between her and her newest colleague Dominic Young who's fresh off a journalism master's program and convinced he knows everything about public radio when the struggling station needs a new concept Shay proposes a show that her boss greenlights with excitement on the X talk two axes will deliver relationship advice live on air their boss decides Shay and Dominic are the perfect co-hosts, given how much they already despise each other. Neither loves the idea of lying to listeners, but it's this or unemployment. Their audience gets invested fast, and it's not long before the X-Talk becomes a must-listen in Seattle and climbs podcast charts. As the show gets bigger, so does their deception, especially when Shay and Dominic start to fall for each other. In an industry that values truth, getting caught could mean the end of more than just their careers I just thought this was the perfect book to talk about on the podcast as it's kind of like about podcast and it just made so much sense and it was delightful what a novel I loved it go read it go get it on Amazon right now you are so welcome but um yes that's what I got up to in terms of reading obviously I went back to school and I had tons of work to do so I actually didn't get around to reading anything else but I did watch something I watched Celebrity Wars on Channel 5 I stumbled across it late one night because I was I think I was like waiting up for my dad and like babysitting the dogs 
and it literally just came on in channel five and I was like my phone died perfect timing of course and I was like you know what I'm gonna watch it it's basically about how the sun journalists newspapers like manipulate and construct celebrities um basically to build them up to eventually bring them back down so as in like destroy their career um it was extremely interesting so let me give you like a synopsis of what I could remember or like deconstruct the program so it was focused on the sun and they interviewed a bunch of kind of ex- sun journalists journalists who had worked for kind of similar media outlets and newspapers and that kind of thing and they also interviewed Eureka Johnson Kerry Katona Danielle Westbrook and the episode was also about Princess Diana as well so very interesting I honestly had never heard of anyone apart from Princess Diana before going into it but I know of them now so that's great I think I was just born like the wrong generation to know about the other lot but anyway I know about them now so all is well readers love knowing that celebrities lives are miserable they love knowing that just because celebrities are rich doesn't mean they're happy because it makes them feel better the average joe feels better when they know other people's life is worse than theirs it's strange but we've somehow got in a habit of feeling that way when celebrities are on a spiral or something we always think oh at least my life isn't miserable like them when actually it's so harmful for the actual person and the sun basically fed off of that they fed off of the idea that readers love knowing their life isn't as bad as the people they're talking about in it so they would absolutely build up to these celebrities to be like pop royalty and then slate them and they basically said they were selling 10 times more copies slating celebrities than actually speaking positively about them and what shocked me was that the sun used to used to maybe still have I don't know in in their main office a whiteboard and they basically had a hit list of which celebrities they would target and basically destroy their careers which celebrities they were going to build up to look like these icons and eventually just break down into these bad influences and it was just such a toxic kind of environment that they were working is but the public fed into it so much because that was their form of entertainment and when you put famous next to someone or call someone famous it really kind of um dehumanizes them it doesn't make them feel like they're human because their work looks a bit different to ours and their lifestyle looks a bit different and the sun really fed into and I'm not saying just the sun I'm saying all kind of public tabloids really feed into that ideology because it works it's successful it's what gets them the most money like why wouldn't you do that but there's now kind of you've seen a change with where especially like my generation have gotten very good at knowing what's real and what's fake and so it's become harder to blur the lines I think um but yeah there was like paparazzi who did an interview and said what how like 
you know, celebrities needed them and they needed celebrities and they got paid and the celebrities got paid and it kind of works out in everyone's favour until everything does go sour. And they talked about being hired by celebrities and any press is good press and that kind of thing. And one of the stories, because, um, you know, the interview, one of the interviewers did admit that it was almost always I want to say nearly 100% but I'm not going to women who were being teared down because there was such a big pressure on women in pop culture to still have kind of the royal standards which they don't because they're human and women couldn't win in media and still can't win like they're judged on if they're too fat if they're too skinny if they're too pregnant if they're not pregnant enough and it's just so ridiculous I just don't understand how that gets published how does that go through like multiple multiple redraftings and no one thinks oh that doesn't really like that's not really nice is it like how does that get published I will never understand um but yeah Princess Diana was one of the people talked about and obviously um many would argue that her life ended because of the press but at one point in her life she utilized the press to much of her extent with her charity work and she really let them in on her lives because she wasn't the typical royal or the typical mother or the typical princess I'm really sorry I can't remember who it was but she just got divorced and she was on a yachting trip with a male partner at the time which fair enough she was single and the paparazzi I believe it was the son actually paid one of the stews on the yacht to spy on them and the the son eventually found out from the stew that um, he was very respectful to Diana they slept in separate rooms he would call her mom and basically there was nothing to report back and yet the chief editor at the time which I believe was a woman said to the journalist who was meant to be covering the story who paid the um stew to get like insight information the editor said to him make it look like they've slept together basically orchestrate and construct an article that makes it look like they're together and it just blew my mind that that can even be real and that they were even admitting it they would go to that length to know what's going on like inside princess diana's like personal space and yet they got nothing from it and then decided to act on it in a completely like disrespectful way I just thought was like ridiculous but there were probably times where Princess Diana did play the press a bit and played the game because it was just all a game celebrities needed the press the press needed celebrities it was just one big vicious cycle and someone else who um was interviewed um on the documentary was Larika Johnson who her story is just incredible like uh, not necessarily in a positive way but from like a media point of view it's just insane she was dating someone who knew of prince edward and larika johnson accidentally got out of a car at the same time of prince edward and obviously someone caught a photo it was on the front page 
the same day, the next day, as quick as it could be turned over, that they were dating and she was this like blonde bombshell in his life. And they were never together. They were barely friends. And it's just insane. And she said in 12 hours, the press had found her dad's address in, I believe it was Sweden, knocked on the door. His dad didn't know any different, just invited them in, not thinking anything of it. It was just a massive story. She ended up being like the blonde bombshell of the UK. Like she was the weather girl. She got hosting jobs and it was just insane, her story. And I believe it was either at a wedding, her wedding or a funeral. And her husband at the time noticed two guys sat in the church and she had never seen them before. And it was actually two journalists and they were like, "Mm, not really an appropriate time to be spying on my life because she had made an agreement with the press and it basically, the press had made her career. So she felt like sharing bits of her life were a way to say thank you, I guess. But she had started to realize that privacy, there was no privacy anymore. And basically these two guys were journalists and her husband asked them to leave and they said we'll leave but we have a right to be here like how insane for journalists to be like we have a right to be in your lives honestly ridiculous um also Kerry Katona and Daniela Westbrook were also um big stars of the sun and tabloid world and they'd been sucked into it and they'd signed themselves to um the tabloid magazines and sold themselves really and they talked about um very deep stuff which was actually surprising they both had careers um whether it was acting or whatever and they had both like the press had brought them into this world of addiction and they were heavily addicted to cocaine which the press had very much um talked about after building them up for so much and giving them all these brand deals and exposing them to fame and they eventually realized like Carrie and Daniela that fame was the biggest addiction and it kept drawing them back the money the the pictures the paps kept drawing them back and that ended this spiral of drug addiction which is just like crazy and we've seen it with people like Amy Winehouse and um she was also talked about and there's a photo of her um when she was at her really dark moments it was a paparazzi picture and she had cuts on her feet and the sun had painted it out the magazines had painted it out like she was um like self-harming when actually those cuts on her feet were from the paparazzi smashing her window wanting to get photos of her and she had cut herself on the glass from the window which is just absolutely insane that people journalists would take someone at their darkest moments and publicize it and make it something so um public when it really shouldn't need to be and she obviously then eventually died which I think backfired on them very much so but it's just so sad seeing people that way um luckily some people do get out of it but we see 
far too often people not being able to get out of it and um you know people signing deals especially in the early days of the media where if if you saw someone on tv they're a celebrity those kind of days you didn't know what you were getting into you didn't know how much power the press actually had in controlling your relationships your career just your personal value you didn't know what you were getting into especially back then now you have an idea and it's this whole idea of you've basically sold yourself once you've got once you've like signed yourself off to them you are seen as no longer your property to tabloid magazines and it's just such a toxic environment and some journalists were saying that their kind of motto was only bad people need privacy to do bad things in which I understand to a certain level but everyone deserves privacy everyone deserves to not have every aspect of their life publicized but there seems especially over time that line has just been like completely blurred and it's just insane it's an insane culture that I don't think I'll ever fully understand or know why that's okay to some people and why some people find it okay but anyway that was something I actually really wanted to talk about so oh my god we're already 20 minutes in how has that happened (laughs) that is insane okay um let's go on to the dilemma diary a segment on the show where I delve into your dilemmas in which you've sent in if you'd like to send in a dilemma you can do so via the anonymous form linked in the description of this podcast what's great about this part of the show is that all dilemmas will stay anonymous which makes the dilemma diary a safe place where we can talk about real life problems we might have and it stays locked in the diary disclaimer I do not claim to be a professional advice giver problems of a doctor therapist I'm actually far from the sort which means please take what I say with a pinch of salt do get second professional opinion on everything I talk about okay let's get into the first dilemma hi Neve. for a while now i found myself um turning away potential boyfriends and dates over the fear of getting heartbroken i know i'm only protecting myself but i don't know how to break that barrier down okay i don't think this is talked about enough to be honest because i actually think that being afraid of falling in love is more normal than it seems and I think it mainly stems from always being dependent on yourself and so you're used to protecting yourself and so being vulnerable which comes with opening yourself up to someone and falling in love is terrifying because by the slight chance things go wrong you tend to get annoyed and blame yourself for whatever that is and how that broke down and how you didn't see it coming or that you opened yourself up too much which leads to this like regretful feeling and also it follows similar ideologies of don't fix something that isn't broken like why add someone else into the equation if you're doing what you think is okay on your own and of course like your past relationships are gonna set you up for how you go into the next relationship so playing your cards close to your chest or not even on the table at all can be a reason to avoid getting into a relationship for fear of getting hurt and that's a human reaction to back away in situations it's kind of like fight or flight your body knows when something feels wrong or that it needs to protect itself 
and so it will act accordingly and I think we're also scared of becoming blind to love and the idea that we kind of lose a sense of reality when we fall in love but in order to break your like protective barrier down you have to trust yourself and tell yourself that whatever will happen good or bad will happen and as much as you prepare yourself nothing's gonna like stem from that so um and everything's there to teach you a lesson you're never gonna learn your true worth until you you've experienced how you don't want to be treated or know how you don't want to live so you do have to allow yourself to make mistakes and don't be afraid of getting hurt because I think it's a blessing in disguise sometimes that you aren't gonna waste another minute with someone who would have been in your life for far too long than they needed to be so it's all about just trying to let go, whether that be letting go slowly and starting by making more friends and starting to open up to them or just jump straight into the dating world. It's honestly up to you, but there is a way of breaking it. You just have to let go. And yeah, okay. I've been cheated on before. And so how do you, how do I avoid having that happen to me again? Okay, first of all, I am really sorry that that has happened to you. Like from the bottom of my heart, I'm that is just gutting. Like it's horrible. But that is a hard question to answer without me sounding like blunt and strange. But whoever you're with, you can't trust that someone will stay a hundred percent loyal to you and never be unfaithful. You just have to trust that you will be able to deal with it if they do cheat on you, that you'll be able to walk away from that relationship. You have to stop worrying about whether it's going to happen and deal with it if it does happen because you can't trust anyone. Anyone can cheat on you. You can't judge that. It's not something you can predict. Only time will tell. And to be honest, it's a waste of time worrying when you could be living. Worry about yourself and no one else. Unfortunately, there is no sign. There is no red flag that specifically points to someone cheating um because it's gonna happen in the future like I said you you no one can predict that you can't I can't your neighbor can't so just enjoy the ride of the relationship and allow the world to figure the rest out because that's all you can do um you honestly just have to be 100% certain in yourself in that relationship that you would be able to deal with it mentally because it can be so tough and I think that you've already been cheated on like that's definitely a sign that you'll be able to slowly figure out ways of dealing with that kind of emotional trauma so yeah that would be my answer have a jealous personality and so when it comes to my boyfriend having female friends I struggle sometimes with accepting that what should I do okay um that's interesting let's break jealousy down 
Um, jealousy is such a strange thing because it is usually rooted by different emotions such as comparison which is the most common one now when it comes to a situation like this you subconsciously find yourself comparing you to the friends of your boyfriends when he's laughing at her joke you're thinking am I funny enough or other things like am I pretty enough am I tall enough you start to get that am I enough syndrome which just ends in this like weird down spiral but we don't want to be on you first need to establish that no matter who you are what you look like how much you know you will never be top dog there will always be someone better than you someone prettier someone more intelligent so you really have to try and stop yourself from bringing this insecurity to the front of your mind and you need to talk to your boyfriend and just describe how you're feeling don't say like you can't be friends with them because that's not fair but try and make him aware of what you're feeling and you have to reassure yourself that if he wanted to be with his friends like dating his friends he would have dated them by now but no he decided to date you and not them so have that in the forefront of your mind and realize it all kind of comes from comparison and not that like something's happening you don't know about it so yeah that's what I'd say to that one thank you so much for the dilemma It is now time for Feeding the Fame. This is where I feed you the latest and hottest celeb gossip and headlines and discuss the positives, the negatives and the ugly of all of it. As always, don't take any of these as facts. This is the internet after all. It's not the most dependable source and it never will be. So without further ado, let's get into it. Obviously, I talked a lot about um celebrity culture in the beginning so this is gonna be a quick little section talking about what's new this week um it's been a big week for music with the release of Kanye West's new album Donda which I'm yet to listen to um but I'm excited to do so and I have heard good things Drake also released an album called Certified Lover Boy which I have actually managed to listen to I've only skimmed through it nothing's really stood out to me yet to be honest but I'm hoping it will like grow on me um ed sheeran is set to release his second or third single um shivers from his equals album which i'm interested to see how that's going to sound and do ed just has a way to stay lingering in the charts for a very long time he's cracked the code anyway phineas who i've love um I've loved for a while you would have heard me talk about Phineas and Claudia a bunch I bet you're sick of me talking about them but (laughs) he released a new song called the 90s I really really like it I really enjoyed the music video as well actually I thought it like fitted in perfectly and the whole like one take thing was really cool and I'm very excited for his new album I think it's gonna be really good Zoe and Alfie have welcomed their beautiful baby girl Ottilie into the world. Eight-year-old Neve would probably be in tears right now. Them two are such a big part of my childhood, so seeing them develop into parents is magical. So congratulations to them. Um, big week for ABBA fans as they have, of course, reunited, released two new tracks, and announced after forty years they are releasing a new album on the fifth of November. I can't believe we're talking about dates in November. That's actually crazy. We are so close to the end of the year. That's so strange. Um, But that is a roundup of all that's happened this week that I thought was 
most match to you guys and what you want to hear so that leads us to the end of the episode thank you so much for listening remember you can send in your dilemmas or topics you would like me to talk about on the podcast via the anonymous google form linked in the description of this podcast and follow at so she rewired on instagram um there's lots of fun stuff on there so go check it out and i'll see you in the next episode have a wonderful week bye